back to the Nothing But Football Show. I'm joined in the studio today by Ethan Shepherd and as our first ever special guest on the Nothing But Football Show, Henry Fitzgerald. We will be talking today we'll be talking about the World Test Championship, Manchester City winning the treble, and um, we'll be picking our team of the years. Manchester City have done it. They have won their first uh, international treble, um, winning their first Champions League along the way, beating Inter Milan 1-0 in Istanbul. It was a pretty slow performance to start off with from the Blues, but Inter Milan had chance after chance. Everson made save after save. I thought the defence from Manchester City did really well. Your thoughts on that, Fitzy? Uh, yeah, Man City played just a better game. There was They had some great defensive moments with a couple of amazing blocks from corners and stuff. And I just feel like they were the better team on the day, you know? Yes, I, I reckon Inter Milan had a decent run-in, um, a decently easy run-in, sorry, whereas Manchester City had to face Bayern Munich and Real Madrid on their run-in. Um, Fair play though to Manchester City for making this all this way and still being able to win the Champions League. Um, they've never been able to do that before. And next on the Nothing But Football Show, I'm joined in the studio by another special guest, Noah Branley, and me, Fitzy and Noah will be doing our 2022-23 season team of the year, starting with Fitzy. My goalkeeper is going to be Courtois. I feel like he's had a great season. Pretty self-explanatory. Um, right back, Trippier. Um, very good defender. I feel like out of Hakimi and him, I feel like Hakimi was just a pace abuser and um, Trippier was just way better defender. And centre-backs, Ruben Diaz. Well, obviously, he's... He's on a winning team, so pretty can't go wrong with that. Up City, come on! No, that's that's not what you used to be saying. And <laughs> Inda Mataldo, I don't know how to say his name. Is that how you say? Edda Militao, Edda ladies Militao. and gentlemen. Edda Militao, that is another great defender in my opinion. And Cancelo, a left back, um, played good for Bayern again. Uh, great season, but. Not many options, I don't feel, I feel like. So, what do you think of it? Yeah, I think Cancelo was excellent um, for Manchester City. And then Pep just didn't want to play him, I think. But Pep did transition into that fourth centre-back. Um, I think he's done that really well. But Cancelo is struggling to get playing time at Bayern as they have the arguably one of the best left-backs in the world, Alfonso Davies, the absolute pace abuser. Um, but Fitzy, continuing with your team into the midfield. Uh, centre mids, we got three of them. Modric, Bellingham and De Bruyne. Yeah. Pretty, I think, pretty self-explanatory. Yeah, pretty self-explanatory there. Um, and left wing, Mbappe. He's been great. Yeah, fantastic. Can't not include him. Yeah. Um, right wing, Saka. feel like he's been great for Arsenal. And I feel like he can only get better. He's got a very high ceiling. Mm. And obviously, striker. Not going to go Harry Kane. I'm going to go Haaland, the Ballon d'Or winner himself. Yes. Do you have a 12th man? Oh, yes, I do. That is Rafa Leo. Great season, great player. And he's 
gonna do good things. Yeah, I I agree with that. Um, one thing I agree with, but you did not have him in your team. But I do agree with you. You did not have arguably the greatest player of all time. You did not have Lionel Messi in your team. But I do agree with you. He has had a bit of a stinker yeah. at PSG this it, season. It hasn't been his best, and when he hasn't been at his best, like. He hasn't been on his favourite team and he hasn't been wanting to play. Yeah. His teammates aren't liking him. He's just not liking his time. And when he's not happy, the club isn't happy, the people aren't happy, and he's not playing his best. Yeah. So All right. On to Noah's team of the year. All right. So, here we go. I'm going to start in goal with Testagan. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. The man has had a great season with Barcelona, being definitely their second-best player, carrying them, basically carrying them with Lewandowski to the La Liga title. And then at right back, I've gone with Trippier. Uh, Great season defensively for Newcastle. Obviously, Hakimi has... He's a good shout because he has that attacking prowess, but I think... If we're going for defenders here, Trippier's been the best defensively right back. I definitely agree there. All right, and then we go left, centre-back. We're going to go with Bremer. Um, I think he's gone under the radar this season. Very good very good season, honestly. Um, yeah, underrated underrated for Juve, so yeah. Right, centre-back, we're going to have to go with Ronald Aljo. He's been absolutely robbed this season of all of the awards and everything. He's been amazing this season. Yeah. Best... Best centre-back in the league. Um, yeah. Arguably, arguably the best centre-back this year. You're not going to put Riemann Diaz or nah. any of those? No. Nah. I think, I think, yeah, I think Riemann Diaz is a fair, sh- fair shout, but to be honest, I think he's just lucky to be around a very good team. Like, it's hard to perform bad around such a good team like Manchester City, yeah. obviously. That's yeah, why, that's why I picked him, but go yeah. on. But, yeah, and then at left-back, we've got Rafael Guerrero. Honestly... Very underrated this season. Been playing great for Dortmund. Nearly got them the Bundesliga title, but they choked it on the last day. It seems we've had two bottle jobs in two of the major leagues, Dortmund and Arsenal. Yeah, but honestly, Guerrero's been amazing. Like, yeah, he's been one of Dortmund's best players. And then Senemir, our other amazing Dortmund player this season, who will be making a big money move this summer, is Jude Bellingham. Um, obviously, going to Real Madrid next season, but he's been incredible this season. Nearly carried Dortmund in what has been one of Dortmund's best seasons ever. Nearly carried them to the win, but again, just been incredible this season, but can't, couldn't, couldn't win the title of the Bundesliga. And then other centre mid, we're going to have to go with Kevin De Bruyne. I mean, what can I say? He's been incredible this season. Arguably the best player in this team. Yeah, definitely. Been in, on incredible form lately, especially for someone his age. Like, he's past his prime now, but he's still, like, he's still carrying Man City and just showing some incredible think, form. Who do you think's better, Haaland or De Bruyne? We'll get to that. All right. And then at right wing, I've gone with a bit of surprise here, but I've chosen Lionel Messi. All right. Now I can explain oh, that. Obviously, he's been very good for Argentina in the World Cup, and I think his PSG performances have gone under the radar because I think looking at the match ratings and everything, and watching some of PSG's games myself, I think Mbappe sometimes like goes he ghosts a little bit, but Messi is there to save the day. He's made some incredible free kicks in league gun, scored some incredible goals, quite a few very good assists. Pretty sure he's had like the top three goal assists for this season in league on. So. Yeah, fair shout, fair shout. Yeah, he's been incredible. And then obviously it's striker. 
the man we were just talking about, Messi's teammate, Kylian Mbappe. I mean, what can I say? Hat-trick in World Cup final. Obviously, incredibly fast down that wing and up front for Mbappe. And, yeah, he's just... Him and Messi have really shown how good PSG can be, but... They just couldn't seem to get it done in the Champions League, but those two are incredible. Yeah, it might just be worth noting here that um, Noah's formation is a 4-2-4. That's why you have two midfielders. He'll have an extra striker and his um, other winger to come. Yeah. All right. My second striker has to be the robot himself, Erling Haaland. I mean, what can I say about this man? Incredible season for Manchester City. Obviously, didn't have a great game in that Champions League final, but, you know, he's just been incredible this season. So many goals, good passing, just all-around incredible play. I don't even remember the last time he missed a goal, but, like, yeah, he's just been incredible. And then on the left, my final player is Carver Kravicta Rochelia, however you say that. But, um, obviously... He's been one of the key players winning Napoli the Scudetto this season. He's been just incredible. And, um, yeah, he, he's a future talent. He will, be a, he will be a great player. And then my 12th man, Rafael Liao. Very unlucky to miss out on a spot, but purely he has missed out on a spot just because of how good Carver Kavikta Shelley has been. But, obviously, he has been very good this season. Very pacey down that left wing for Milan. Been probably their best player this season. And, yeah, he's helped Milan finish in top four, securing Champions League again for next season. And, yeah, that's it. Yep. All right, moving on to my team. I have um, a very different team to most of you. Um, In goal, I have Mike Magnon. He has had an absolute worldie of a season for AC Milan this season. He has knocked Hugo Lloris out of the French national goalkeeping spot. In his two games, he's played for France. He's kept two clean sheets, solid as a rock. My right back, I have Jeremy Frimpong. He has been so good for Bayern Leverkusen. And and he's so pacey. Oh, I mean, all the fullbacks we've chosen here are pacey as heck. But Frimpong just takes that to another level, being another wide attacking option for Bayern Leverkusen. And as my centre back pairing, I've gone with Ruben Diaz. I mean, you can't just go past. You can't go past him. The Manchester City maestro at the back. He's been absolutely wonderful for the Blues this season, majorly contributing to the clean sheets that they have made this year. And the same could be said about our other defender, Kim Min Jae. He has been unbelievably solid for Napoli, helping them win the Serie A title. He has been so solid at the back. I really like watching Kim Min Jae play. Hopefully, we'll be able to see him in the Premier League next year. My left back, Theo Hernandez. I mean, you just can't go past him. He's so pacey. He could play midfield. He could play left wing. He can play anywhere. He's so versatile. And I've got to say, I love the pink hair. My three centre mids, I've got Kevin De Bruyne. The midfield maestro for Manchester City this year. He has um, gotten the most assists by a mile in the Premier League and has done an absolutely amazing job. Um, my holding midfielder is Rodri. Rodri 
has played more minutes for Manchester City than their number one goalkeeper, Edison. I find that amazing. I find that that Rodri is an absolute workhorse. My next centre midfielder, Jude Bellingham. I mean, the kid's a superstar and he's not even 20 years old. He's absolutely wonderful. Big money move to Real Madrid next season. I mean, what else can you say about him? My left wing, Kylian Mbappe. I mean, you can't go past him, can you? Hat-trick in the World Cup final. Carrying PSG on his back. Winning them, nearly winning them league on. And um, I think he's just had an unbelievable season. Striker, Erling Haaland. He has gotten the golden boot for in the Premier League this year. Unbelievably good season. Hopefully he continued, continue, can continue his form for the Blues. Um, right winger, I have the GOAT, Lionel Messi. Although he has had a bit of a dud season, he has still been a wonderful player. I love watching Lionel Messi play. In my opinion, he is the greatest football player of all time and hopefully he continue, can continue his form at Inter Miami next season. My 12th man, I've gone for Victor Carver. Krikta if that's how you pronounce that. Sorry, Victor, if I've pronounced your name wrong. Um, but he has been unbelievable, done unbelievably well for Napoli this year. Single-handedly, in my opinion, by far the best young talent in the world this season. Bold call, I know, but he's just been too good. He's only been on like two hundred thousand a week, um, but he two thousand a week. Sorry. But he has absolutely overperformed like nothing else. I think he really deserves a spot in my team of the year. And for our last segment here on this episode, we'll be talking about the Australia vs India World Test Championship final. It was a pretty shocking last day, wasn't it, Darcy? India looked like they were in a prime position to chase down 200, about 260 runs in the last day with Virat Kohli and Ajinka Rahane in. Virat Kohli got to 49 before Scott Boland, as he normally does, bowls an absolute beauty, draws Virat Kohli into the shot, and Steve Smith, what an absolute blinder of a catch. Feet off the ground. Did you see the catch, Darcy? Yes, it was an absolute ripper. Um, might I just point out quickly that Scott Boland has a habit. There was three or four chances. Scott Boland could have had four wickets in that over where he took Virat Kohli out. And on the topic of catches, what do you think about Cameron Green, Green's controversial gill catch? Um, from from the camera angles, it looks like he's definitely got it. He caught it, has his fingers under the ball. And his fingers hit the ground, not the ball, but I can understand the controversy there. Yes. I don't think it really would have changed much because Shubman Gill, in my opinion, isn't a very um, solid opener yet, as he's mm. still very new in the Indian team. And Ravindra Dadeja comes out ahead of um, KS Bharat for... And sadly for him, as Scott Boland does so often, wicket of Virat Kohli... Dot ball, Jaja gone, next ball caught behind. Same shot of Rhett Coley, except not as big as Edge. And Alex Carey takes a simple catch. Ajinka Rahane's dismissal was very... He played a good shot, the two balls before, same shot. But this time, the line was there, the width wasn't. Edge straight to Carey. And as you can see, the 
India's most experienced batsmen, Rohit Sharma, Virat Kohli and Rahane, all got into the 40s but did not go on. Not a single batsman in the Indian team made a 50. But overall, good performances from Australia, amazing batting performance in the first innings. And can I just highlight Alex Carey's 66 not out of 105 balls. What a fight. First test in England and looking good for the Ashes. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, now, I think on the bowling end, Nathan Lyon, not many people expected him to have a massive impact in England as the wickets aren't very, you usually aren't, don't turn a lot. But yeah, he, that is, that's definitely true. He, he did, did pick up four wickets though. Yes, he did make a massive impact in that second innings, taking four wickets. And um, I reckon he um, silenced all the haters before this test. Yes, definitely. He took the final wicket, Mohammed Siraj, LBW, Shadul Thakur. That was absolutely plum. I don't. He had to review it just just to try and stay in. KS Barat also caught and bowled Nathan Lyon. Last ball of the over. Didn't want Mohammed. Um, Shami on strike facing Mitchell Stark next over, went for the slog sweep and just edged it straight up. Also, Rohit Sharma, LBW Nathan Lyon, that was an amazing ball. Disappointing for Rohit. Disappointing for Rohit, he was batting well, seven fours and a six, but nevertheless couldn't make a 50, couldn't go on to keep India in the game. Backing to the first scorecard, Travis Head, man of the match this Game with 163 runs in the first innings and 18 in the next. Next best batsman was Steve Smith, 121 runs in the first innings and 34 runs in the second innings. An amazing performance. It's been a while since we've seen Steve Smith have a big batting performance, but he's certainly looking like he's going to perform against the, in the Ashes, and he does have a great record at the Oval. Yes, yes. Thanks for tuning in today. That's the end of this episode. See you next time.